Listener Production. Spread your jams and drizzle your syrups. Why is it so sticky? It's Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. You are dead set hopeless, mate. What have I done, man? What? It's what you haven't done. <laughs> you um, not notice anything? Oh, I, I went to comment on your haircut, but then you couldn't hear me and I just didn't do it anymore after that. And Bron, hello, we've been talking too. Yeah, but it's not all gone, is it? What? <laughs> hello, most of it's gone. Just on the sides. Yeah, this looks very normal. Oh my God! Here I am, nervously building up to this moment for a long time. None of you care. Well, that's because we love yeah. you as a person, not as a um, as a head of hair, Matt. <laughs> you know, we've, we've come to love your your incredible wisecracks. You know, and your um. Uh, no, that's just about it, really. The wisecracks for me. <laughs> All right, look, let's get on with the show. Fine, no one cares. I appreciate you. Honesty. Hey, uh, we've got a big show. Oh, my gosh. Two absolute heavyweights of the Australian journalistic scene, mm. and especially the political landscape, joining us today, Annabelle Crabb and Lee Sales. I mean, it's it's very nervous stuff for us, Matt. Uh, both of them have interviewed some very, very big wigs over the years. Um, so it'll be nerve-wracking for us, one, to um, interview them because they'll automatically judge it. And two, see whether, Matt, you might need a big wig now because of how your head looks. My hair's gone. <laughs> hey, look, we're also going to be blowing minds. That's why I cut my hair because <laughs> my, my, my mind's going to be exploding anyway with some facts uh, from myself and from you listening. So thank you for all the submissions. Yeah, it should be a good one. Uh, we'll chat to you in a moment. It's on Matt and Alex, All Day Breakfast. This is just the start. Everyone ready? Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Matt and Alex, All Day Breakfast. I think it's just because I was expecting the full the full shave, but you've just trimmed the sides and the top. Wait, it's, a, it's okay. It's a two. It's gone. I've gone one from the sideburns all the way up to a five at the top of my head. Ah, all right. So it's the first time the top of my hair has been cut for. And I mean this years. Whoa. Whenever I've gone to my hairdresser, boo, she doesn't touch the top because it's so wispy already. So this is the first time I've shaved. It's pretty pathetic. Looks like some black fairy floss or something. It's just, it's just weak. It's so beta. My the top of my head is so beta. Oh man. So Chad. No, it's not Chad. I'm trying to sound cool. No. <laughs> well, it, I mean, it just makes me want to ask you for a drip check, Matt. While you while you're doing that. No, got, it's a got the fit college check, shirt on. bro. Fit check. Right, okay, sorry. You are looking drippy. All right, if you missed us talking to a 14-year-old yesterday, you, uh, you you missed a heavy scene going on there. We were making absolute turkeys out of ourselves. I feel like, who's the old man? I feel like Nils, Mr. Nilsson. No, who's the old man from Dennis the Menace? That's who I feel like now. Walter Matthau. Again, Matt, you saying that makes you feel like an old man. Dennis the Menace is old. You've got to update it, bro. What? What? Are there no more naughty neighbourhood kids around anymore? It's Dennis the Menace is timeless. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're being, not even... being mischievous is something that will continue to happen till the end of time. And Dennis, forevermore, will continue to rhyme with menace. And for that you, reason, and for that reason alone. Are you telling me that slingshots aren't cool? <laughs> I'm telling you that 
kids will ha- have l- like actual lasers to shoot at each other. They don't need to get rubber from an old bike tire, put it over a stick, and fire a rock at each other. They've got actual lasers. That's what I'm telling you. Anyway, now this is sidetracked. We need to do a podcast, right? And now we're on talking about this rubbish. I'll tell you what I saw. Let's let's compare headlines. All right, hit me. All right. Megan Trainer, all about that bass singer. Did you see the story oh. about her and her toilets? <laughs> her toilets? Yeah, so no. get this. They're building the house, doing some construction on the house. When they start, um, what what area of the house do they start with? <sighs> that base. <laughs> that basement. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So they put two toilets in the in the in the bathroom. Two loos in yeah, the one room. So th- listen to this. This is her quote. Nobody knows this, but in our bathroom there was one toilet. Okay, so far that's pretty normal. <laughs> <laughs> the quote continues. And a lot of time in the middle of the night when we're with the baby, we've got to pee at the same time. So I was like, can we please have two toilets next to each other? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I looked at a floor plan and gone, there's, there's two toilets in that room. No, toilet bidet. Right. Yes. Never seen the two dunnies in the one room. No. And so they said, uh, we got the two toilets. The builders were a little bit confused at first, but then Megan said, we got the two toilets sitting next to each other and we've only pooped together twice. <laughs> that doesn't make it right. Now, if you, <laughs> if you ask me, that's one, risky, and two, it seems like a, twice is a weird number. Do you know what I mean? You, like, well, you, if they'd gone like, yeah, we did it once and we didn't weird. like it. Twi- it's the number two. It, it means it's yeah, perfect it's for what two. they're doing. <laughs> um, what, are you, what have you seen? Ohio man tried to sue his wife after tripping over her shoes, falling down basement steps. Oh, oh the shoes at the front door Yeah, vibe. shoes were on the, okay, this is in Cleveland, all right? Shoes are on the top of the stairs to the basement. A man who fell down the stairs at Cleveland home, we tripped over a pair of his then fiance's shoes, cannot sue her. An appeals court held Thursday, suffered several broken bones, racked up more than $80,000 of medical bills. And so he said to his fiance, I'm going to sue you. Um, Because um, he was. Because of the shoes. Sue due (laughs) to the shoes. Um, and he didn't see the shoes because he was carrying a box of vinegar to the basement for her. <laughs> but they're saying well. that uh, the judge said the shoes were open and obvious and any person taking reasonable precautions would have been able to spot them. But the amount of times you trip over your partner's stuff in any household, I mean, if people, we started suing for that, it would be a very, very rough precedent. But it's not every time you end up at the bottom of the stairs looking like a dressed salad. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of olive oil on top, <laughs> salt and pepper. There we go. Oh, goodness me. <clears throat> well, a bit of that balsamic. Now, shall we uh, have our minds blown? Let's go. Order up. Just how you like it. Perfect. Well, get out the nitroglycerin and pop it in your mind because Matt O'Kine is about to uh, hit you with some facts that are sure to leave pieces of brain tissue. Mind. Probably a bit graphic, isn't it? Um, all over the room in um, his incredible segment, Mind Blown, which uh, does what it says on the tin. 
and blows your mind. Matt, you've been searching for a few uh, cheeky facts the last week. Yeah, that's right. I read the whole internet this week, Alex Dyson, front to back. Absolutely <laughs> clocked it. Uh, just to get you the most mind-blowing facts that you'll learn. So wait, you've told me you've done your own week. research into this <laughs> and read the internet. <laughs> I've read the entire internet. And we're going to kick off with a squid fact. Uh, squid Game being, you know, clocking Bridgerton as the most popular series on Netflix ever. Uh, so far, so I thought I'd start with the squid fact. They are pretty um, incredible creatures. The colossal squid has the largest animal eyes ever studied, possibly the largest eyes that have ever existed in the history of animals <gasps> with uh, eyes that measure approximately 27 metres, 20, 27 <laughs> centimetres across. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. 27 centimetres, let's go that, an eye that big. Mind blown. Yeah, I'll pay Do that. you know what, though? Mm. They've got 10 arms to stop the old eye gouge. Do you know what I <laughs> Anyways, that was a visual joke. Which uh... <laughs> I've told you, Matt, keep the visual jokes out of the podcast. I know you're a brilliant slapstick comedian, but I'm going to need you to really tone down uh, the uh, doing the karate on the, uh, on the Zoom there in order to hey, hold on. articulate the point. Who installed these stairs in this studio? <laughs> Oh, well, I'm, <laughs> you know what that gets. Uh, oh, come on. <laughs> hey, um, did you see Elon Musk posted a photo of his Shiba Inu called Flocky Franken Puppy uh, just the other day? No. Floki Frank Puppy is what he tweeted yep. with a picture of the very cute little Shiba Inu, but it meant the Shiba Inu coin surged 45%. It's still like a fraction of a dollar, but it knocked a whole zero off its value. So that was a very big jump from one person who seems to be controlling the entire crypto landscape. So I thought I'd look at the Bitcoin market. Here's a fact. <laughs> okay. There are currently 18 million Bitcoins in circulation. The final Bitcoin is due to be founded in 2140. So from the mining, yeah, they'll mine the last Bitcoin. There's currently 18 million. There's due to be 21 million, and apparently it's going to be found around 2140. So it's going to take 100 years to mine the last two million. Uh, yeah. Mild, mild, grown, grown. Oh, come on! Well, it's tough when you just don't understand it. You know, I'm just like, oh, crypto. <laughs> Like, there's an incredible fact. If I don't get it, I just got to groan at you, man. All right, fair enough. All right, what about <laughs> this? What about Bitcoin's this? Bitcoin's a finite resource is what you try to say. I just, I just found that an interesting fact. <laughs> okay, here we go. Bron sent in this one. Well, producer right. Bron texting in facts. I think that's cheating. After our meeting this morning, Bron sent through this one. I'm telling you that Bron, you know, making you aware that Bron sent it so that you know it wasn't me. <laughs> Now that leads us to ask, the fact. Ask Sarah whether Shaggy is hidden at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> you have to listen. So Shaggy, Bron texted, she said Shaggy is a Gulf War veteran. Oh, really? Yay. He went to, he joined the Marines. Well, Desert Storm. Two years later, finds himself in the Gulf War. Um, the website military.com says the experience sobered him. Shaggy decided to commit himself even more fully to his music. Is that what he wrote Mr. Bombastic about? <laughs> Mind blown. Oh, blown. 
Because <laughs> I'm just a bombastic, so, fantastic. <laughs> so there you go. There's three facts for you. But we always ask yep. you, what are your facts to blow our minds? At matt.n.alex on Instagram. We love to yeah, hear them. Mind-blowing is a two-way street we find. And uh, so we like you blowing our minds as much as we blow yours. So send us the voice memo, matt.n.alex, just as Barrett has done. Rainbow Paddle Pops. They're actually caramel flavour. Mind blown. Well, why aren't they brown? I knew that. Did you not no, know I that? I didn't know that, but it, if just because I know it doesn't mean the mind isn't blown when I found out. That's a retrospective <laughs> mind blown because it did blow my mind. There are still shards of mind around the place in a rainbow swirl. Uh, what about David, who sent us a mind blown about chia butter? Hey, Matt and Alex, I've got a mind blowing fact for you that I've just come across. Ciabatta bread was actually invented in the 80s by a baker who uh, was trying to develop like a popular Italian version of a French baguette. And it's not some ancient, really old bread that Italians used to eat. Oh, come on. Are you kidding me? Like, I was mildly interested by that fact. I was like, oh, yeah. What, chia butter from the 80s? Invented in the 80s? That's pretty mind-blowing. Tell you what boomed in the 80s, focaccia. <laughs> I don't know how ancient that is, but it really saw its time in the 80s and it's coming back now. And uh, finally, mind let's have a fact from Erica. Hey, Matt and Alex. Erica from Geelong. My mind-blowing fact is that modern-day sharks evolved before trees in evolutionary history of our Earth. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. I thought I knew you'd like that one as well. Is, I, th- I feel like that's right up your alley. That is wild. So there was a shark before there was a tree. Do you know what though? That's arrogant. That's that's arrogant on the shark's behalf. <laughs> imagine, imagine thinking you've peaked at like four hundred million BC. Like that's silly. <laughs> yeah. There is so sharks, much improvement to be sharks made. Are really the quarterbacks from high school who? Uh, <laughs> Who, who peaked 400 million years ago and, you know, prom king, all that, and just yeah. thought, I can't better like, myself from now on. Keep telling everyone yeah, how good life so was good, before the trees were around. Maybe if you kept evolving <laughs> way back then, you might not be so defeated when someone bops you on the nose, you weakling. Yeah, you might not have your fins in a soup, you absolute ponce. <laughs> It's actually really horrible. I saw a documentary on it. Um, we need terrible. to really stop it's doing terrible. that. And we shouldn't blame <laughs> no, the sharks please. for lack of evolution. Um, anyway, I think that's all the mind blown we have for you today. Let's keep going with this little podcast, shall we? All day breakfast. Well, Matt, we're so excited to be joined here by two of my favourite journalists, personalities and podcasters. You may know them from various shows across the ABC, as well as their incredible podcast, Chat 10 Looks 3. They've got a new book out all about it called Well, Hello, Lee Sales, Annabelle Crabb. Welcome to All Day Breakfast. Well, thank you very much. For having us, I love all day breakfast. I'd happily have scrambled eggs and bacon at about 5pm. Underrated. Oh, Absolutely underrated. Lee, you've nailed it there. It makes yep. me feel a little bit guilty, though. I always feel like I've done something wrong, like I'm <laughs> like I'm, I'm hungover or something. I know. I pretty much I feel like that every time I eat bacon. It just like 
comes with guilt. It's like I'll have some bacon with a side of guilt, thanks. I, um, you don't feel that guilty around bacon because uh, I will remind you, Lee Sales, that one of your favourite activities is to go through vegetarian recipes from my cookbooks and put bacon in them and then tell me about it. <laughs> ultimate dirt bag move. Just holds the phone up to the sizzling, doesn't even say <laughs> words, just you hear the sizzle. And you don't know whether um, it's bacon going into one of your recipes or whether it's uh, the Prime Minister getting grilled on 7.30, Annabelle. Oh, boom, boom. <laughs> like, If you consider the career in media, that is very fast. <laughs> well, that's it. Well, we do have you on. You both have um, been involved with all sorts of things. Love watching you on um, Insiders as well, Annabelle Bell, as well as yourself, Lee, on 7.30. But we should ask the obvious question with you here now, Lee Sales. Are you excited about the Turkish Grand Prix this weekend? <laughs> Because mate, I I have got <laughs> I've got a slab in the fridge already, and um, I've got you know I've just got the pillows lined up on the couch, ready to sort of get into it. Yeah, and, um, yeah. I'm I'm just I'm rooting for Smithy. I think <laughs> I think Smithy. I think Smithy in the Ferrari is the team to watch. Yeah. Um, US Postal Ferrari, that's who I'm going for. Well, I think <laughs> much like no. much like me, the latest episode of um, of Chat Ted Looks 3 did involve you getting into inexplicably Formula 1, which we have talked about recently as well. Matt, yeah. you are the Annabelle of our podcast, uh, absolutely bewildered at this. <laughs> I've never understood it. Like in my head I literally, and I've said this before, I, I just think drive faster, like go round them, you know. I don't understand <laughs> the tactics. Seriously, I'm like, what, doesn't the fastest car just automatically win? Like, isn't that how it works? My particular favourite of uh, Lee's, you know, panoply of insights into Formula One was that she really only recently realised that it's quite a dangerous sport. <laughs> Did she really <laughs> only, only really hit her with any force on watching F1? Oh, my God. Anyway. <laughs> you have to tell the Justin Langer story. Oh, it's what's that? What, why? Story of any oh, stories just, about instant expertise. Well, it is referenced in your new book, Well, Hello. So you better tell the all-day breakfast listeners what what happened with uh, Australian <laughs> superstar Justin Langer, Lee. Well, I just I'm not. You know, everyone, a lot of journeys, you got sort of one or two areas that are like black holes that you know nothing about. So you know, I'm good on foreign policy. I'm good on federal politics. Um, I'm bad on sport. Sport is my bet noir, and. There was some big cricket story going. I can't remember what it was. And the 7.30 executive producer, Justin Stevens, who's a massive sports nut, came in and he went, listen, good news. We've landed Justin Langer, but he can only do it in 10 minutes. You're going to be right? And I went, yeah, yeah, sure, no problem, no worries. And then he walked out of the room and I immediately Googled, who is Justin Langer? (laughs) (laughs) But do you find, because interviewing musicians and, and people all the time, I find sometimes there's a question that needs to be asked because that's what the audience is expecting of them. But you're conflicted because you don't want to leave it unsaid to me. Why didn't you ask him about that obvious, uh, the sandpaper in the cricket trousers incident? Or is it the people you're interviewing go, oh, they're having a crack at me, rather than we're giving you a chance to explain it from your point of view. Have you found people really get their backs up about that? 
This is so true, and I find it all the time with um, celebrities and musicians. The one that springs to mind straight away is Harrison Ford when the new series of Star Wars came out when they got Harrison Ford and Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher and everyone back. And, um, of course, what you want to know is what did it feel like when you put back on the Han Solo uniform and you walked on the set? Like, that's what everyone wants to know. And I felt like... Look, Harrison Ford will have been asked that question in every single interview. And so I did ask it. And to Harrison Ford's eternal credit, he answered it like he had not been asked that question a million times. And he still somehow conveyed the wonder like that I think we all felt as as growing up with Star Wars and then mm-hmm. to see him back on there. Oh, I just got goosebumps when I said that. Oh. Um, <laughs> but it's hard because you do you, you sort of feel like, oh God, you know, they must be so bored with this. But the real professionals actually managed to answer stuff. Mm-hmm. Same with, you know, I hate to bring up Paul McCartney so early in this chat. Oh. Wow. <laughs> wow. I mean, it's, look. I mean, there's not very much that you can ask Paul McCartney that he hasn't been asked before. Um, we were talking about if he still gets nervous and I said something about, do you ever have anxiety dreams? And he was like, I do. And he said, I have this dream where... I'm playing new material and the audience is getting really restless and people are starting to go and I panic and so I say to the band, quick, play Hey Jude, start Hey Jude. <laughs> and that's, that's Paul McCartney's anxiety dream. Winning the crowd and back with Hey Jude because I don't like his new stuff. Oh, poor Paul. Oh. I know. But what about you hosting Kitchen Cabinet, Annabelle? I mean, you're, you've interviewed so many prominent Australian politicians as well, but, it, you know, in their homes in a much more familiar setting, has has right. that familiarity for them or the comfort kind of taken over the interview at any times or is the has the dog hijacked the interview or has a fire <laughs> gone off in the background? Any <laughs> any sort of wild well, stories? I remember when we were filming with Richard Di Natale and it was at his uh, farm, which is an off-the-grid farm, which is like an amazingly fun place to take an entire film crew. But um, <laughs> the night before we arrived there to film, he had separated uh, the cows in the dairy herd from their calves and the cows were just pacing up and down the paddock emitting about every four seconds a sort of a low moan of grief (laughs) it's just like so Richard how did you get into politics and you hear this (laughs) (laughs) goodness me that's pretty wild well um Lee on your own political interviews um little known fact I think it was one of your interviews that made me want to run for parliaments, which I did at the last federal election in the seat of Wannan. And it was the evening that Malcolm Turnbull was turfed out after he himself turfed out the previous Liberal leader, Tony Abbott, after they got into government by saying to the other um, other mob going, you suck because you keep turfing people out. Um, <laughs> and you said, welcome to the only person who would rock up. And it was the education minister, I think at the time, Dan Tian who is. is from my home electorate of Wannan, and you said, Australia's waking up to another new Prime Minister. Why? And his answer was, because that's the decision we decided to take. <laughs> now, in my mind, I got angry enough to run to Parliament at that. What about your mind sitting there copying that as an answer from our leaders? And you have to remain yeah. professional. Yeah, look, you know, I think about this a lot, actually, Um Because part of my job is to suppress my own natural human emotion, um, you know, because I'm there to be objective and impartial and to ask questions and to allow the audience to make up their own mind. Because I see things on my show all the time that if I were watching at home, I would definitely start crying. 
but I just have to like suppress that all the time and move on. And I think, wow, that's that's a lot actually, especially having done it for such a long time. Mm. Yeah, I, I do have a theory about this, and that is that all of that human kind of viciousness and what should be a snarky response that you just swallow <laughs> down and keep damping down inside yourself on your TV show, you deploy on the podcast usually towards me. <laughs> <laughs> I guess with all that frustration, there's no wonder that you have a no politics rule on the Chat Ted Looks 3 Facebook group, which um, I think, uh, I've got to agree with your estimation, it is the friendliest place on the internet. Can you tell us about incredible instances of human kindness that have taken place in this little uh, group that you've, you've that have, has flourished since, since your podcast has come out? One of my favourites is there was a woman who put a post up and she said, look, I haven't been very social in, you know, recent years, but I have to go to a wedding in Melbourne and I just feel I'm middle-aged, I'm frumpy, I just feel blur about myself. Um, and this woman jumped on and said, look, I'm in Melbourne, I'm a makeup artist. If you want, I'll come and meet you at the airport and I'll do your hair and makeup for you and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so they met and uh, they posted some photos and it was just really sweet. And then the woman who had done the original post put up later to say, actually, the reason I was feeling so blah is that my partner died about a year ago and I haven't gone to anything, any social events on my own. And that was the first time I had to go to something by myself. And that was, I didn't want to sort of overshare, but that was why I was feeling so bad. And this, how I've been treated has just given me so much heart and it just was so lovely. And it was just such a nice um, thing that happened. And there's, I mean, you know, Crab, you would remember a million stories like that out of the group too. Oh, there's heaps of them. We'll let you go because, uh, you know, uh, we, we thank you so much for your time. Congratulations on the new book, Well Hello, Meanderings from the World of Chat 10 Looks 3. Uh, what a great community you've fostered there. So we thank you for uh, sharing a bit about it with us here on All Day Breakfast today. Thanks, Alex. Thanks, Matt. If at first you don't succeed, try again before your friends find out. Such is the ethos of one Matthew O'Kine. Uh, when he turned 18, going down the, get the driver's licence, got stuck at an intersection and, I think it's fair to say, Matt, panicked. Oh, mate, I'd enter the intersection on the, on the yellow. A car was coming in the opposite direction. I wanted to turn right. The cars kept coming. Eventually the light turned red. I got stuck and I failed immediately. Mm. The test instructor turned to me, said, you know, you can turn once you've entered the intersection, even after the light goes red. And now I know. Automatic now fail. Because I, um, I remember in mine, it wasn't a, I passed first time, which was good, but they did say I was making a left-hand turn and there was a left-hand turning lane, but I started slowing down in the middle of the two lanes before getting in one. It's like, usually you turn off the 70-kilometre um, the highway-esque place and then hit the brakes. So you're not slowing people down. Oh, so really? So it wasn't a fail, but it was just advice afterwards. <laughs> too cautious. I mean, I know someone who, got, who failed for driving too slow in an area oh, really? because they went down too low, like on the on the speedometer. So, you know, you never know what's going to happen. Kate uh, texted in, said, um, Kate Marie says, Matt, rookie mistake telling your mates you're going for your driving test. No, <laughs> no Kate. Yes, no, I agree I with you, Kate. I am not afraid of failure. What the rookie mistake was was promising them that we'd all go down and get frozen coats <laughs> at lunchtime the following day. Then they were mad with their, you know, bubbler water. Um, <laughs> That's no good. Uh, we also got Alison in Dubbo at the moment. G'day, Alison. G'day, boys. How'd you fail your driving test? 
Allison? Yeah. Well, I was actually right at the end and it was literally the last corner before heading back to the, the RTA and I had to take the infamous right-hand turn at the intersection. Um, and I, I got the green, I was moving out, I was moving the wheel and then out of nowhere, this kid just bolts in front of me and I just <gasps> I stopped for a second. He had a McFlurry in his hand, I remember. <laughs> Yeah, right never forget, just never forget. looked at you with the <laughs> Oreo crumbs still across his lip or something. Oh, it just tastes like bitter disappointment from now on. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, and I, I freak out. I break. I And I, it's uh, manual or nothing in my family, so I break car stalls and I just freeze, start sweating, oh. forget how to human, forget how to drive, can't even start the car. The, no. the driver instructor next to me is like, you just nearly, and I'm like, I just nearly, and uh, yeah, and so oh. uh, stuck, instant fail, um, and yeah, I had to wait for all the cars to slowly meander around me. Oh, um, devastating. <laughs> all of them just looking at you with that like, yeah, like, side yeah, glare yeah, that they give later. you? Oh, yeah. man, the old, yeah. What are you doing? Mouthing, what are you doing? Yeah. And I, I just, all I can do is sweat. That's all I can do. Yeah. Uh, oh, I remember oh getting God. stuck somewhere and, like, stalling it and you just can't start it again. Like, your fit, foot's not on the clutch. I tried to yep. start the car. This is after I got my licence, but on my L's, like, I'd... I pulled over for a breath test and I stopped the car in fifth gear because I just wasn't, didn't know, you panic. The windows start fogging up. It's the diabolical in there, Elson. <laughs> Tell me about it. Goodness me. But past second time through, no McFlurry kids? Oh, yeah, no, it turns out it was actually a guy in my drama class, so I made sure I knew exactly where he was when I went for my second test. <laughs> You're kidding. No, yeah, Liam, no, he was bragging the next day about how he'd won a game of chicken by jumping out in front of a learner. What? No, yeah. no, no. You're kidding. You absolute no. dog, Is this a lie? This is a joke. Nah, verbal beat down and uh, he apologised with a box of roses the next day. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what? <laughs> Off his chair. Sorry, I fell Alison. off my chair. The front of my chair just broke. It's too real, unfortunately. Oh my God. Too real a story. <laughs> Goodness me. Well, Alison, thank you so much for chatting to us about it. We'll catch you later. No worries. Thanks, boys. I think here at his back fixes his broken chair. Let's go to Hobart now where Michael joins us. G'day, Michael. How are you guys? Not too Good bad, thing. man. How does how go with the Apple Isle? Yeah, good down here, actually. I won't rub it in, but we're um, pretty free and fancy. You're just out there running in front of my broken-down car with a McFlurry, <laughs> Michael, you dirty dog. <laughs> um, did you do your test down there or was it somewhere else in Australia? Yeah, I did my test here in Hobart, failed the first one. <sighs> what happened, man? But, um, I actually got tricked by the instructor. He took me down a road in my local suburb and there's a faded white line down the end of it. And he said, do a U-turn here, and I did. And then he said, drive back, you've failed. Oh, <laughs> that is. He what said, just a because dog. someone tells you to do something, you've got to check that it's legal first. What? So listen to me. <laughs> oh, wow. So it's like, it's like he came up and he said, all right, now I uh, jump off this cliff. And then you jumped Correct. off the cliff. And then he's like, nah, I shouldn't have, shouldn't have jumped off just because I told you. <laughs> no, so he was absolutely savage. And I had him the but next I mean- time. And he gave me a little sly nod and said, you're ready. <laughs> oh, imagine that! Like you're so nervous. <laughs> imagine, oh, imagine if he goes do a U-turn here, and you just turn to him and go, "Nah." Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Now, I didn't want to like, disagree. <laughs> yeah. I thought, okay, yeah, white line, I'll of go. Course. There you go. Well, you've got your license now, though. 
Yeah. And we know that, Michael, because you've actually gone to mattandalex.com.au and submitted an entrance to be part of the very exclusive Matt and Alex Bomb Squad, the world's first Correct. podcast With street team. Why do you think that you, sh- <laughs> you deserve to, uh, to be a part of the, the Bomb Squad, man? Well, the Commodore that I'm getting in through work is just so bomby that it's it's the true bomb squatter. <laughs> oh, really? What, what, give us some dates here. Give us some, uh, some uh, aesthetics. 94, uh, paintless, like pretty much all the green paint's gone. No oh. badges on it. Heavily smoked in. <laughs> what, you got oh. the yellow visors from the cigarette smoke in the, in the car yep, as well? definitely. Definitely. So I thought if you want to hit that sort of Bogan-esque bracket, um, we could definitely get some hints. Well, mate, oh. I'm happy to say that uh, just because you've gone on popped in a very good entry there, we're going to give you the next place in the Bomb Squad. Oh, uh, yes. So if you're rolling <laughs> around Hobart, keep an eye out for an absolute rust bucket rocking your Matt and Alex all-day breakfast QR just codes. Uh, we got the two doors. <laughs> we got the bonnet. We've even got the back window sticker to uh, to make it an official street team. Thank you so much, Michael, and we'll uh, chat to you later. Cheers, guys. See ya. Pumped. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, that brings us to the end of a massive Matt and Alex all-day breakfast. Thanks so much to our incredible guests, Annabelle Crab, Lee Sales. And keep getting the entries in. We've got our 17 officially more places left for the Bomb Squad, so we would love to uh, get your entrance to uh, be part of the, um, the sickest car crew since old Vin Diesel got the family together in Tokyo. <laughs> uh, keep in touch with us at matt.and.alex and you can enter to be in the bomb squad at mattandalex.com.au. We'll catch you next time. Bye. That's it. The all-day breakfast kitchen is closed. Got a story we need to hear? All the links are at mattandalex.com.au. Listener.